All right, this is the recording of Vegas Bag Room, episode two. Episode two. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Las Vegas Bag Room Podcast. I'm your host, Pat Thompson, with my co-host, um, Joe Cancino, Brandon Cam now, or Cam later. Uh, one of our hosts is out today. He's sick. It's uh, Jermichael Jones, so we'll miss him for this podcast for today. Well, I'd say he does not have the Rona, but he is, he is just sick. Just got some bad headaches going on. So uh, how about we start off by, uh, Brandon, give us uh, what you've done in golf so people know who we are. Yes. Uh, my name is Brandon Cavanaugh. I am 33 years old, originally from Los Angeles. I've been a golf lifer my entire life. I started teaching golf at 16 at my city junior golf program back in Santa Fe Springs, California. I started that when I was eight. Um, led me to professional golfers career college. Um in the business side of golf, and that's where I started to play a couple of pro tourneys when I was 18 years old for cash on the side, and even at that time, I realized I still had a long way to go. Played off and on up until I was 24. Um, been fortunate enough in those tourneys and qualifiers that I played in to play with PGA Tour and major winners. Uh, players like Kevin Na, Kevin Stadler, Lee Jansen, played with Ricky Fowler when he was at high school in Murrieta. Um, but my game never got to the point where I can consistently compete with the best players in the world. People do not realize exactly how good those guys are. Uh, but I've done everything in my life from being an assistant, working outside services, golf instruction, golf club building repair, being a golf retail store manager, and includes my life now as a club fitter and working as a customer service and fitting rep for TaylorMade Golf. Home of the best drivers in golf, by the way, just saying. <laughs> no way to push that driver. Absolutely. But so, uh, virtually doing everything in the golf industry, uh, club building and fitting are my two favorite things. I've always been a golf club techie. Like it. But uh, with just all my years in the industry, I feel like I can bring a unique perspective to a, a golf podcast such as here in the Vegas Bag Room. The Bag Room Boys. So I want to thank you know, you guys ever have any questions, you can always uh, email us and we'll help have Brandon set it up and you can probably answer some questions if you have any on any fitting questions for him. So Joe, what about you? Well, uh, I kind of stumbled upon golf by mistake. Uh, I used to set up Golden Tee golf machines. Yeah. What a game. Love yes. Game. And uh, some friends of mine challenged me. They said, you can't play real golf. That's That's just fake stuff. So... I went out and got myself a set of Golden Bear golf clubs. Yeah, yeah baby. baby. I think everybody starts off with something like that. Yeah, Costco the, Golden Bears. Baby. Costco yeah. specials, yep. And uh, here I am, uh, 21 years later, uh, a two handicap, uh, working on my game and uh, you know, just, just trying to get on that senior tour like everybody else. <laughs> yeah, the dream of the dream. One of the hardest tours ever to get on because it ain't like everywhere else. You can get, never, they don't really want us new guys coming and trying to make that senior tour. So my name is Pat Thompson. Sorry, go ahead, Brandon. No, I was going to say, but at the same time, all people watch the senior tour to watch the people that they grew up watching. Absolutely. People, people so don't true. like the brand new seniors that are out there. Yeah, they just don't want to see us out there. <laughs> so uh, my name is Pat Thompson. Um, been playing golf probably mainly since I was 34. I met up with a bunch of guards up in Susanville when I was a correctional officer. Played a lot of golf with them as time started. Like everybody else, I was a 20, 21, 22 and at the present time, I'm at a 1.5. It's taken a lot of years. I was at a zero for a few years, and now here I am playing golf with some of the best players around our area at Las Vegas Country Club with all the workers we have. I've also been fortunate enough to win a contest where I got to play in three uh, PGA Pro-Ams. 
Uh, the first one was at the old Bob Hope. I played with Brandon Stone from South Africa. And then the next one I followed the next day and played with the winner who won that tournament. To, uh, we got to cut that part, but I'll go back to it. So the, I also played with Brandon Stone. Uh, then after I went in there and played at Bob Hope, we went to Tory Pies, and I ended up playing with uh, Hudson Swapper, who actually won that tournament at the Bob, old Bob Hope. At the, it was awesome. It was back then, and then I went to, it was called the Career Builder at Palm Springs at that time. It's changed names since. And then I went to Tory, like I said, played with Hudson Swafford, talked a lot about golf, had fun, played some great rounds. And then I played my final round on the PGM Pro-Ams with uh, Phil Mickelson, where I learned a lot, and I had about two to three chip-ins, and he was like, where'd you get that? I watched a lot of his video, and I just hooked on golf. I work at Las Vegas Country Club as a starter and also as a bagroom guy. And uh, outside services, since I've been retired from correction, it's been great. So that's what I've done. Did you take any money from Phil Mickelson? No. It was a, it was an even match. Did he, he take money from you? No. It was actually, he gave me a half a stroke. I got a half a stroke. All the guys that were uh, one or two has got a half a stroke. That's all he gave us. First hole we won, he, we all bogeyed it, and then he won. He took the money, he made par, we made bogeys, and the next one, one of us made, uh, we both made pars, he ended up bogeying the hole, and then the last hole he tied it up like it was nothing, you know, so, yeah, nobody won any money, but it was, it was fun to see, because he had no problems wanting to give out money, but he didn't want to give out strokes. Absolutely. <laughs> so, it's kind of funny how that went around. So, let's go to our next thing that we wanted to talk about, we're going to make it really quick on this, on the Hero World Challenge. Um, this is like end of the year last year. Uh, Victor Hovland, you know, wins from six shots back. And, you know, what do you guys think about that one? You guys remember any of that? Well, Hovland wins that tournament primarily, coincidentally, with a lot of great short game shots, something he's not necessarily known for. But uh, kept the clutch with a lot of tight iron shots coming in, made some great putts, and uh, stormed out and beat Colin Morikawa, who kind of uh, faltered a little bit at the end there. Mm. Well, yeah, and I mean, he had, what, two eagles back-to-back? -back? Mm -hmm. Okay, so two eagles on 14th green, and then a greenside bunker shot on 15 and just sunk it, and that was kind of cool. But, yeah, congratulations to him. Um, then we had the next one that came up was with our tournament was uh, the one with Kevin Naw and Kevin uh, Kokrak. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that was uh, something cool. They won that one, the QBE. Vegas Locals. Yeah, both of them, right? They're yep. both Vegas both locals. Vegas locals. So, hey, congrats. Kokrak's uh, grandfather. Shout out, member of Las Vegas Country Club. Yeah, it's uh, pretty awesome to have him out there. And, you know, it's just really cool. You know, these guys came out and won it. They were, you know, they backed the back nine or the whole that, or their last round, what was it, 12 birdies? Birdie 12 of the last 13. Yeah, that's awesome. That's, a, what, six, they shot under 60? Mm -hmm. Wow, to win one, by one stroke. So, way to go, Everybody guys. Everybody was amazed by uh, Leishman and Bay went out. Day one shot 56. That's just crazy. It's crazy. Especially on the course, playing pretty tough. And these are two-man scrambles for those who didn't necessarily know the score that they're shooting. That's basically two-man two best ball amongst professionals. And, yeah, they shoot somewhere between 15 to 18. 13 under. holes and shoot 12 under, you know, yeah. that's, and shoot 16. That's pretty awesome. Fire! Well, they, so, well you also got to remember, they play these, these little fun charity events at... Resort tracks and resort tracks built for most of your average golfers. Wide fairways, big greens, not a lot of big problems and issues. There's a reason why these pros are going out there shooting 16, 18 under in these events. No hard pin position, pretty Absolutely. much a straight in putt or just a light break left to right. Yeah, I get that. So 
Uh, let's do a quick talk about. Uh, let's go to PNC. Yeah. You know, Tiger, Tiger Woods. Tiger and Charlie, baby. That's pretty sweet. Put on a show. Uh, NBC. They got more ratings than they did in their Open Championship coverage. That was pretty intense on Sunday. And that's going up with NFL football. The uh, the early morning game. Absolutely. I mean, what about the dailies, though? They came out, and they actually won it. So I It's mean, about time. They had a good uh, lead. It's been a while. Little John, I'm sorry, John Daly II. He doesn't want to be Little John anymore. John Daly II, keeping the next five, six, seven years. And it's also funny to think about Charlie Woods within the five, five six years of trying for a USM. It's going I, to be sick when he wins. He's going he's gonna, to he's gonna win one, I believe. He only needs one. USM. I think he'll do two. He's going to be young, man. He's going to do it young, I think. He's got a great swing. The big question is, is the rivalry going to be the same? <laughs> I think... John Out of father Yeah. I uh, think it will. I think it'll be a new thing, right? Because yeah. it'll be just a fun PNC because, hey, both these kids are good. Let's see what they got. But there's a lot of other cute kids out there. I mean, we didn't see him, but Henrik Stenson kid, his, his son's awesome player. His son's got a hell of a yeah, and he's got a great swing too. It's like you know, not everybody watched those guys. They're all interested in Tiger, of course. It's normal. Yeah, the Jessica Corda or yeah. and Ellie Corda and uh, their dad, yeah. Peter Corda, former Australian Open winner in tennis. Yeah, crazy. It's like all that talent just went wow. to a different sport. So that's kind of nice. I just wanted to say, the cool thing about that event is when you see players like Gary Player and Lee Trevino. I mean, you know, they're not competing on senior tour or anything. Not many events are going to see them. Out there hitting golf shots like they were. Yeah, Trevino blasted a seven wood to five feet from 180 yards. And all that. That's something we see your local seniors go out there and do, but they still uh, they have the competitive nature of their 20s. Yeah, I was really happy to see Lee Trevino out there. Uh, just that comedy relief that he provides. Absolutely. Oh, know? yeah, he was out there, you know, showing Charlie, hey, this is a shot you want to hit, this is a shot you want to hit. And, you know, then he goes, well, Tiger goes, I do it different because he goes, yeah, you're a lot stronger because, you know, you have a different swing than I do. He, he did some things showing how show Charlie how to manipulate the club where it made him work, you know, cutting shots over bunkers and all that stuff, which was pretty cool what he did with him. So now we're getting ready to go to the Century Tournament of Champions. The big boys are back. They are back this week starting on Thursday. Mm-hmm. All the winners. So, yes. So there's been some changes in Kapalua. So... As of 2019, the fairways at Capitol were stripped and re regrassed with uh, Celebration Bluegrass, or excuse me, Celebration Bermuda Grass. It's a tighter grass. It's, they can cut it tighter and make this ball roll out. Because back in the day, if you remember when they used to play Kapalua, these guys would hit these bomb drives because they rolled out a mile. Mm-hmm. And if they roll too far, now they're getting in trouble by the little off canyons and offsets of the, the foliage. So now... You know, they slow as of late. They, since they put this back in, it's going to get fast like that again. They're not going to fly it. It's not going to stop. I mean, it's going to keep going. They play course, I think, 75, 7,600 yards around there. It's 75. One, yeah, it's one of the longer courses on tour. Uh, has the longest hole on tour with 18. I think it's, what, 684? I, the, I know that. I just know the track the is there. long. But for those who don't know uh, Kapalua, uh, the plantation course, is one of the more undulated golf courses that these golfers will play the entire year, undulation being uphill and downhill. You'll have shots that are 20 yards uphill, shots that are 20, 30 yards downhill. A lot of adjustments that need to be made. And Kapalua it does generally favor longer hitters over the year. You don't necessarily need a great short game because the greens are massively large. Yeah, but they, they, 
that's another thing. You know, they redid the greens. They, you know, because the greens shrunk up over years, right? Right. So they put them, expanded them back to their full size of their greens because they were having, you know, they had, you know, being old, you know, water runoff, it's just taking parts of the greens on different parts of those holes. Because you've been, you know, if you've been there, there's canyons right next to these greens. So it's, you know, kind of crazy. So the biggest change I think it's going to make a difference in this Kapalua tournament is on hole five. So hole five, these guys would bomb it down the left side. They have a, there's a canyon on the right where they usually hit it over. The par five, right? Uh, yeah, I think it's yeah. par five. I'm not sure. Canyon to the right, long, U-shaped fairway, that kind of yeah. thing. Yeah. So these guys would always bomb it down the left side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, you had, uh, was it, uh, you had two guys come and redo it. It was uh, uh, Cook and Crenshaw. They're the ones that designed it. They saw where these guys were hitting the ball down the left side, they, where the divots hit. So they, they said, hey, we're putting a bunker there. So there's a new bunker on this course. So now it's going to make these players have to navigate their drives. You know, there's no more automatic down the left side. So it's going to force the players to position their drives in the proper place now on this hole and maybe have more of these guys go for that chance over that canyon and, you know, in two instead of trying to lay up in a spot where they thought they could just easily get an easy birdie, which ain't going to be so easy now. So, yeah, that was, that to me, that was pretty awesome. And the tournament, you know, I mean, the tournament's going to be a strong field, dude. It always is. It's nothing but score winners from last year, including the one exemption, which Pat brought to my knowledge, was Xander Shoffley. Xander Shoffley, who didn't win a tour event last year, did win the Olympic gold medal. They let him in based off of that. That's pretty awesome, I think. I mean, Rory, no Rory, guys. No Rory. Rory stayed home. He's got to take care of the new baby. He's got to find a new Nike shirt. <laughs> new Nike shirt, take care of the baby. You know, it's all good. Um, so... I mean, honestly, my, my thought on this, I mean, if it's wet and it's windy and rainy, I'm going to go with the old man. I think Phil Mickelson would plays great in that kind of weather. If it's not like that, I'm looking, at Patrick, yeah, I'm looking at Patrick Reed play some good golf. I, he's just one of those guys that just, he always comes out of nowhere and wins a tournament. So in my thought, in fantasy world, yeah, I'd like to see old man Phil win Central Tournament champions. He hasn't done it. It's like 2001 or whatever it's been. So I myself, I kind of like golfers who can ball strike and score all at the same time. Like I mentioned earlier, you don't necessarily need a good short game to win here. That's why a couple players I like for this week. I like uh, Xander Shoffley, who's in this week. He's competed well at Capitol over the years, too. Yeah. Um, he's just a ball striking machine. Make a couple putts, he'll be right there. The same thing with Victor Hovland, uh, riding the hot streak, like we said, just one. Juan the Tigers tourney, uh, the hero, he's still still playing so well right now. And then if you're going to talk about ball strikers, you got to kind of include Morikawa. Holland's probably literally still the best. Oh, he's a great ball striker. But so here's the thing. When you're chasing number one, mm-hmm. and this is what I feel, when you're chasing that number one spot, it's harder to obtain because you're thinking about it. Hopefully he's not thinking about it and not caring very much about it. And just goes out, just goes after playing but a good golf tournament. You just got engaged. I think chasing everyone is probably far from the mind. Well, you know, I mean, they've been together for so long now, so it shouldn't be that big a deal, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, my thought, we'll see, because this course is different now. I mean, they did so many different changes, it's going to be... It's Well, obviously, you're going to have... It's, I don't think much will change. I think there's only so much you can do there. I mean, golf, they're still going to be hitting 330, 340 out there. You're going to yeah. have downhill running-wise, downwind, 20, 30 miles an hour sometimes. Those are well, the, the winds aren't supposed to be, the trade winds over there aren't supposed to be more than 8 miles an hour. It's Hawaii. 
If you've been there, I've been there many eight, times. Eight to ten will eventually turn into twenty and thirty at some point, and maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. So let's make this real. This course is real, actually seven thousand five hundred eighteen yards. Yes, it's par seventy three. One of the only par seventy threes yes. on the tour. I do also want to note the scoring record is thirty one under par. That was back two thousand three, and that was the big easy. Thirty one mm-hmm. under. So they also, you know, I was looking at some of my my notes here. They also. Uh, Relocated uh, bunkers on the par 5 15th also, and one on the par 4 16th. So it puts it in play where these guys needed it because there's such a wide landing area, yeah. or even for fairway woods and irons, and it's not the longest hole on the 15th. Yes. 16 is a par 5 that needs, is very generic. It's a cool looking hole, but it is relatively generic. Because you're, you're, the miss is relatively the same thing. Nobody ever misses long, so the miss is either short right and off the green and rolls literally 25, 30 yards underneath. The so have you played Kapalua? Yes. Okay. So tell me your experience on 18 when you played Kapalua. Uh, I have played Kapalua three times. Uh, the first time was in 84 in a complete monsoon. Uh, wind was absolutely howling. It was absolutely brutal. Uh, two years later, came back and fired an awesome 74. I felt really good about that, which included a birdie on 18. So. One over. Yeah. That's awesome. And I think uh, 76, 77 the next time out. But at this point, I haven't been playing just for fun. But uh, the course itself, it's always in fantastic shape. The undulation is, TV doesn't know justice on what you're looking at. Kind of like kind of like 18 at Riviera. When exactly. you see it on TV, you don't think this hill, you're hitting over this giant hill. Yeah, you don't know river. what a 40-foot 40, 40 hill looks like yeah. on yeah. TV unless you're right there in front of it. Yeah. But you get a lot of those live... A lot of those shots, approaches on Kapalua where you're hitting 10, 15 feet up the hill or having to take some off going downhill. Uh, only three par threes. Final par three on 11. 11 plays 20, 30 yards downhill. Yeah. On a long shot, too. With the ocean to the left and behind it. Yeah. I get it. Do you ever, do you ever play there? No. I haven't yeah, had a that's, chance to. That's an experience you need to do. Yeah. So, I always remember my story. I always tell people the story <laughs> on 18. So... They have a block wall when when it, when the stands aren't there. There's a block wall where people can just sit up there. My wife would, you know, she went shopping. She came back to pick me up. She saw me coming down 18. I hit a great drive. I get there in two. I, I mean, I'm bouncing it up. It's bouncing short. It's rolling up, and the green just released so fast downhill to the left in the back bunker behind it. Yeah. And all she could do is go, "Don't worry, baby. Everybody's been there today." <laughs> Nice. So I come out, out of, out of the sand, and end up getting a birdie out of that on that part. I think it's par five, right? Yes. No, yeah, par five, yeah. So I end up getting birdie on that. But it was so funny because she said, she's all, don't worry, baby. Everybody's hitting that back bunker today. I'm just sort of laughing, you know. Uh, I also want to note, though, one of the coolest shots, for those who do pay attention to the golf world and have seen this tournament, one of the coolest shots you've ever seen in golf came from that hole. And it's Bubba Watson's driver off the deck off of 18 that one year. Um I've been fortunate. I played Kapalua once since that golf shot. I've tried that on 18, and it is an extremely hard golf shot. Um, it's cool. It it allows you to hit driver off the deck. First of all, it is way more beneficial to be lefty than it is righty. Um, but all a righty can do is hit a driver to the flat. A lefty can cut it into the Yeah, center. absolutely. But even on TV, that plays such a great shot. All right, so three picks right now. Um, you get three. Three? I'll give you three fantasy picks. All right, so I'm going to stay away from Colin, even though I like him. But I am going to go with Xander and Victor as two of them. And I'm going to throw in JT as one of the, the 
Faze up there to do well. I also do want to know, uh, we haven't mentioned him yet, uh, John Rom is the favorite, plus 750. Yeah, he is a dude. I What's funny is I've got him as my first pick. Um, I, I've got a lot of hope for Tony Finau this year. I feel like he's going to get through some of those demons like that he's got. That for four years now. <laughs> <laughs> and then um, uh, let's go for America's most hated, Patrick Reed. Uh, I'm, I'm, dude, I, 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 oh, I, I'm going to tell you right now, Patrick, I, and I still say this to this day, if the weather's bad and the wind starts howling, I'm going Phil Mickelson all day. I've watched this guy win at Pebble Beach in bad weather. I've watched him win a few times, and I just – I think the old guy's still got some bag of tricks for these youngsters, especially he's still hitting it far enough, so it's not a big deal. Um, me, I like I like I like Patrick Reed also. I think you know he's got some stuff to show. And uh, what's up, everybody? And I also think Hideki Matsuyama. Hideki. I think Hideki. He brings out that long drive and he hits that ball square right in the center like he always does. He's deep. And he's accurate. And I just think he puts out of this world. You can also make an argument for Bryson, I guess. Wide fairways. I mean, you can't miss it really anywhere at Kapalua. If he, he's, if it, again, he's one of those, because he is long enough, he is going to have a lot of short irons and wedges. And that's where it comes down to, though. It also comes down to because they put this grass, they put this new grass in to run it out to get you in some bad positions. Yeah. So mm-hmm. if this grass is as good as they say it is, which they have, even if it rains there, that stuff still bounces and goes. So we shall see on that. So now let's, uh, let's, let's kind of change some things up here. So we got fantasy golf. We made our choices. Everybody thinks, you know. So, Michael, if you were here, um, I don't know who you would take, but, well, good luck next time. We'll, <laughs> we'll just do it ourselves. So let's talk about, right now, we, let's talk about some practice facilities. Now, lately I've been going out and checking out different places. Joe just became a member at Reflection Bay. So, Joe, kind of mm. give a rundown about the practice facility. You know, uh, I've had a chance to use a lot of different practice facilities in this area, and there's not a place that I've been to that lets you practice every shot in your bag. And that's pretty awesome. Uh, there's there's a couple of fairway bunkers out there that you could practice uh, anywhere from 125 to 180 yard shots. Just amazing. Um, you know, the uh, the chipping and putting green, uh, well, there are about seven different locations that you can chip to with uh, undulations to play with as well. So you got to land ball short, yeah. you know, or, or plan on running them up. And then, uh, you know, if you uh, sneak around to the backside, you'll find this abandoned par three hole that used to be, uh, I think, number eight of um, the falls course okay and uh, you can tee off from the different tee grounds and there's about uh, four different flags that you can hit to on that green oh, as that's well an awesome facility and that's not even talking about just the regular driving range which yeah. all features pro v1 golf balls so that's pretty awesome uh, in my shout opinion out to the course yeah yeah, shout, yeah. Out, shout out to Reflection for doing that. And I mean, shout out to all the honest people that don't steal those range balls, really. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> no kidding. You worded that correctly, the honest people that don't, because we all know people do. Yeah. Well, I, mean, I, I don't. don't but. I mean, average membership is $6,000. It costs you $6,000 to be a member there. It takes care of your car. I used to work there for a short time until COVID came, and then I went back, and I've been just at Las Vegas Bag Room, I mean, okay. the Las Vegas Country Club. So I was, I don't, I don't, I'm not a member anywhere, but when I went to the club at Sunrise with Joe, I was very uh, pleased with the, the chipping area, the putting area, a sand trap. They moved the sand trap far enough away from the, 
putting area, but you could still hit your sand shots towards the grass where the sand wasn't flying on the grass. I thought that was pretty amazing. And talk about it, just a great practice area. I mean, there's not many here in Vegas, you know. I mean, my putting place is Desert Willow. That thing's at the fastest greens, just like LVCC, just like the club at Sunrise, just like if I played it, uh, the win or wherever you go, right? So, um, man, I mean, shout out to them. I was pleasantly surprised, and uh, hopefully we're going to have them on a live broadcast podcast soon so we can talk to their superintendent and the pros. Yeah, I've only I've only lived in Vegas for a couple of years now, so I haven't played too many public tracks out here. Uh, when I first moved out, I played at Rhodes Ranch a lot as a public track, and it's been a cool little community. Yeah, I always liked Rhodes. Rhodes, um, I know they're off and on on when you can practice on the grass. versus That's kind of always been my big thing. I hit a lot on that when I was younger, and I yeah. feel it more now. But uh, short game facilities is, I hate to be biased because, like, being with Taylor May, and I've been fortunate enough to see a lot of the private tracks on here, so I know everybody knows they have access to those, so I don't want to get much into them. But the roads ain't bad; they got a pretty decent chip on the yeah, they have a, they have a green there. Um, you can chip on the putting green stuff. They have they have a bunker there too. You can work on your sand game. Really, the only thing you can really work work on is landing points. You can't yeah. really get a gauge on how balls are running out or how they're checking or whatnot. Is just hitting the shots out of the rough, out of the bunkers, just kind of getting a feel of the terrain. Really, really what they give you. And most, I guess most tracks that do have a quote-unquote short game facility, a green, one to two pins, a bunker, that's pretty much what you're practicing. Okay. Some of the, the, the more elite practice facilities will have a more tour green where you can actually judge the green out, the, yeah, the I mean, out of of how the greens are on the course, how the ball's spinning and reacting off of the grass. True that. Being an avid guy that chips a lot, I mean, I, I'm sorry, guys, I just don't make the greens all the time, but I chip a lot. And, I mean, I, I find a place that has a green that will receive the ball and still run out and still do it like a, a true tour green. I mean, that's even when you go when I go to Boulder Muni. They have a green behind their cart barn. I practice there on that one. Um but I tell you, that club at sunrise, I'm you know, when I'm over that way, if I'm coming home from work and I'm going to go practice, I'm stopping there to practice because it was that well. But we'll talk more to their superintendent and pros when we get them on the live podcast. So any tips for practice? For, pra- well, for people to practice? Number one thing is I still go by the rule of best, most consistent way to best consistent golf is learning how to strike the ball far. Learning how to take half shots, three-quarter shots is kind of learning how to hit the ball first. I like it. If you're hitting off of grass, learn how to take the divot in front of the ball. Um, just kind of learn how far half and three-quarter shots go when you strike a solid. I like that. Because as you go, when being able to hit the ball on the correct number, then the only way you're going to be able to do that is learning how to strike the golf ball consistently. Absolutely. And that's just going to produce the most consistent flight, consistent Spin rate, uh, the most consistent carry on. Yeah, that's why I like the I like the like the, we talked uh, before on this when we were all together about the clock system. You know, hitting from you know three to three to seven or three to nine. How far I'm taking my stroke back? I'm taking it to three o'clock and bringing it to there's so you know, many, six o'clock. Everybody has a way. There are so many people that kind of lose the conception of the clock is it kind of can be stiff armed or whatnot. The whole the whole yes. purpose of the kind of clock drill is to have a point of reference in your swing to where you need to stop the club to produce the shot that you're trying to hit. Absolutely. What do you think, Joe? Well, Pat, you know what I'm going to say. It's all about the putter. 
so um, lear learning your uh, your your tempo that works for you on the greens is so important so that way you can learn to uh, kind of feel the weight of your putter head and and get your ball around the cup in on your first and then you know get that little easy six you know seven footer you know in there for your pars uh, you know it, it's just so important yeah absolutely um, you know that uh, that training aid that we were using uh, by Blast Golf. Yeah, um, awesome training aid. Really helps out with uh, teaching you how to establish a good tempo, and you know everybody's tempo is the same, just like a metronome. Yeah, but, exactly. Uh, that was the best thing when we when Joe's everybody out there in the world. You know, hey, Joe's my putting guy. He, I had such a bad stroke going on so bad that I was afraid to take the putter back and put a make a four footer, and I was missing everything. Mm -hmm. And then we went to the metronome, then we went to Blast Golf, and I tell you what. Guy knows what he's talking about. He knows the putter for sure. Mm -hmm. All I say is thanks because I'm making things now, so it's awesome. Yeah, I wish I wouldn't have shown you all that. <laughs> it's all fun. So we're gonna wrap it up here because we're down to our last few minutes here. You know, um, something that we didn't get to talk about, and since we were talking about sunrise, um, just want to say thanks to all the staff and everybody at Royal Links. Oh, absolutely! For uh, providing us with so many years of good golf out there, and yes. it's a it's a damn shame that that, that place is closed now. Spots. I know, man. I was going to mention it amongst the public tracks, but not anymore. Yeah, we we you know we played Sunrise. You could see the the castle over there. You know their their room where you know their their basically their offices and stuff and just. The grass well, is just growing yeah. wild out there now. Yeah, it's about now. Now it's really, it's really, now really see, yeah. But you know, hey, yeah, guys, thank you so much at Royal Links for uh, putting up with us guys that like to play golf, and it was awesome to be out there. I really, it's gonna be missed. It really is. Yep. Hey guys, I just want to throw out a shout out to Revision Brewery and uh, Jeremy, Ken, Adam, and also Farha, who's a distributor who brings me the stuff when I need it because uh, Jeremy gave me the go ahead. Hey, thanks guys, and hopefully we'll be getting our Vegas Bag Room, Revision Brewery, you know, we're going to make some pullovers eventually. So hopefully we get that all worked out. But thanks, guys, and we'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Peace. boys.